0: So now to start the show, I am very excited to introduce our hosts for tonight, Eric Eddings and Brittany Luce are the co-hosts of For Colored Nerds podcast, and they started the show about two and a half years ago. We're honored to have them here for their second sold out show, live show. Yeah. So without further ado, For Colored Nerds, live, let's start the show. Yeah.
2: Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Brittany. And we are...
3: For Colored Nerds.
2: The conversations that black people have...
3: When white people aren't in the room. E- except today. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Mixed <laughs> company today. I was
3: say, um, So, uh... We want to start by saying we're, we're excited really to
2: have here. you. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming. Quick round of applause for everybody in the yes. room.
3: Yes. So, you know... Um, Eric and I were bouncing around ideas for the show for a while. We were, like, racking our brains, like, what can we do a show about in February? And, like, you know, there were some duds.
2: I, I would disagree. I mean, I think everyone would appreciate a celebration of Jodeci. Uh, <laughs> it was just me personally. You should come back to that.
3: Okay. I'll, I'll put a pin in it. Uh, but it being February and all, uh, we could think of no greater reason to bring you guys out on this cold February evening Uh, than to turn up in the name of black history. Yes,
2: yes. Round of applause for that. And that's exactly what we're going to do tonight. So we're going to play a game. Uh, We're going to have a sit down with our fantastic and very black guests. Um, First up, writer and podcast host, Tracy Clayton from BuzzFeed's Another Round. Yes, give it up, give it up. In addition, writer and man about town, Rember Brown from New York Magazine. Give it up for Rember. And we have to shout out our amazing DJ, DJ Grandrew. He has been playing some amazing music, and we'll keep it moving and popping for the rest of the night.
3: So Black History Month is our favorite month of the year. Traditionally,
2: that means, like, we celebrate figures like Martin Luther King, Harriet Tubman, George Washington Carver. Yeah,
3: and, like, like, five other people, including Frederick Douglass. And he's more and more popular this year, so we should keep that going. But, you know, today we're going to think outside of the box a little bit, and we are going to celebrate a broader view of black history.
2: Yes, and I think to do that, we should start by playing a game. All right, can we get some, uh, we should get some game music going. All right, so we are going to be playing Whose Biopic Is It Anyway? Uh, so I, we came up with this, or I came up with this. Just, yeah, you know, I was like, I don't know honest. what's going to happen. Um, <laughs> yeah, so a lot of our like ideas about black historical and cultural figures come from TV and movies. Uh, I mean, I don't know about you, but I can't actually differentiate between Leon and David Ruffin. Like, they are the same person in my mind. They are.
3: They are the same person in real life. Yeah, this is true.
2: Facts. But this particular game, think of it like two truths and a lie. Okay. So I'm gonna put up a picture of an actor. Okay. One who has played many black historical figures. Okay. And you will have to pick out which person. They did not play. Which one is incorrect? So
3: you're going you're gonna to tell me a bunch of names, and I have to pick the one that is not it. Yes. Okay.
2: That's correct. You got is, it.
3: This is, okay.
2: You're clear. I got it. All right. So to get started, we have Denzel Washington. Okay.
3: I feel comfortable starting with Denzel Washington.
2: Mr. Everyman. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we have A, Melvin B. Tolson. B, Herman Boone. C, Malcolm X. Okay. D, Frederick Douglass.
3: Okay. Who um, didn't Denzel play? Okay. I'm like my pulse is quickening. <laughs> 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 okay, so okay, Harmon Boone, he did play. Do you know what movie? Don't know who that is. But I know he <laughs> <who> played. <laughs> Boone. He also played Malcolm X, obviously. I okay. So this is my thought process. This is like I took the GMAT once. <laughs> Very close to attending business school. If only I had applied and got better <laughs> grades. But um, I am going to eliminate... I don't think there's ever been a movie made about Frederick Douglass. I'm going to say that I don't know who Melvin B. Tolson is. I'm probably going to get like... They're going to take away the show because I don't know who any of these black people are. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm going to go with Frederick Douglass.
2: Let's see. Is that correct? Frederick Douglass is correct. Okay. Is,
3: that a, <laughs> <laughs> is that a picture of yes.
2: That... Is he who shall not be named. Wait,
3: you want to know, you want to know something? Not to put my mom on the spot. My mom actually worked with Ben Carson like decades ago in a hospital. Hopefully those are the good times. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Things have changed. <laughs> it's gotten a little I don't dark. To, I don't mean to misassociate you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so
2: sorry. Yeah. I
3: came, I wanted you to be here to make you proud. I know her. <laughs> She's good people.
2: It was a different time. It was a different time. Things <laughs> went left. Uh so to go to our are you ready for our next Yeah, yeah, our next I feel person.
3: good. I got one under my belt. Alright. Doing good.
2: Don Cheeto.
3: Okay. <laughs> you gotta be ready.
2: Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Okay, all right. Alright, so we have I have a lot, a lot of names here.
3: <laughs>
2: okay. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I got you. Sammy Davis Jr. Okay. Frederick Douglass. Mm-hmm. Name popping up we got to recognize him again more and more. hmm Okay. Petey Green. Okay. Miles Davis. John Coltrane.
3: Okay. So I already know off the top of my head, he definitely played Petey Green because there was a movie made about that. Mm-hmm. DC, like, radio disc jockey. Good job. Right? Um, Talk to me. <laughs> that was the name of the movie? Yes. Okay.
2: Excellent film.
3: I was like, is that code? Or is that... <laughs> um, okay. Miles Davis, obviously. Um, okay. So this is where it gets tough. Talk through it. So I don't remember. I, okay. I don't want to. Okay. I feel like you could be. I feel like you could be faking me out because Frederick Douglass was not it the last time. Mm. So maybe you thought ahead of me and you were like, "Oh, Frederick Douglass is not it again," because you're gonna think that I like I'm gonna pick the, you know what I mean? Do you see what I'm saying? Like you can't maybe you're slick a of, can of oil, you know. <laughs> I think oh I
2: almost got oil. <laughs> um.
3: Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. I. Okay. I am gonna say that he did play Sammy Davis Jr. because there was a TV movie. There was okay. a TV movie. About the Rat Pack. I know because it was on the cover of Jet Magazine. <laughs> and I... Okay, he either didn't play Frederick Douglass or John Coltrane. Mm. I'm going to be... Ooh, that's tough because it's like you put two jazz people in there. So, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick one, but also give me partial credit because <laughs> I'm pretty sure one of the last two is the right one. There's
2: no partial credit, but go ahead.
3: I think that he didn't play Frederick Douglass.
2: That would be incorrect.
3: What, the, what is
4: this?
2: Don Cheadle...
4: What the hell is this?
2: ...played Frederick is- Douglass.
3: Wait, so you... I'm like wondering. I'm like, I feel like you're pranking me because I see a I, picture of I mean, Don the, Cheadle dressed as Frederick Douglass. I can... I,
2: we don't have access to Don Cheadle. So, uh... Or Will Ferrell. But Don Cheadle played Frederick Douglass in an episode of Drunk History. <laughs> You will note I said TV and film. But it's okay. It's okay. That was good. That was a deep chest cut. Is tight. <laughs> all right. Let's,
3: let's, you let's can do let's, it. I want to recover. I want to bounce back. I all right. Bounce back.
2: Next. Angela Bassett. Amazing. A lot of names here.
3: Okay. I, I see some already that I already know. Okay. Tina Turner. What's all got to do with it?
2: I mean, that's the easy one. Yeah. I'll give you that. Okay. All right. That narrows the field. Okay. Katherine Jackson.
3: Jackson's an American dream. Next, like, do you think I'm an amateur?
2: <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. Everyone knows that one. Rosa Parks. Does that ring a bell?
3: The name does. The <laughs> name is familiar. <laughs> the right. name is familiar. Okay.
2: All right. Harriet Tubman. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I didn't add the doctor in there, but Dr. Betty Shabazz. Okay, so... is that ring a
3: bell? Already, no. <laughs> she played Tina Turner, Katherine Jackson, and Betty Shabazz because I have seen the Jacksons in American Dream like 60,000 times. Who hasn't? I know. The look on her face when she realizes that Joe is cheating on her with <laughs> Vanessa Williams! Oh, my God! I don't think there's ever been a movie made about Harry and Tubman, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with my gut like I did do the last time. I don't mm. think there's ever been a movie made about Harry and Tubman, which is a travesty.
2: Again, it's TV, too.
3: Travesty. Oh, TV 2? TV 2? I feel like you... mm. I'm just trying... No, I don't trust you. You're like a Nazi. You're a trickster. I'm going to (laughs) go with D. She did not play Harriet Tubman because I would have heard about it.
2: All right, let's see. That would be correct. She did not play Harriet Tubman. That was a tough one. The Rosa Parks was in a TV movie.
3: I mean, it had to be. I (laughs) I didn't hear about it otherwise.
2: We (laughs) were inside. All right, next up. Will Smith... (laughs) All right, so, A, Chris Gardner, okay, Muhammad Ali, Robert Clayton Dean, Bennett Omalu.
3: Okay, okay, so the last one... This is a tough one. Oh, this is so hard. Okay, so I already know off GP he played Muhammad Ali. Yes. Done. I don't know who the other people are. So... Do you want a, One like, of these people may have invented the stoplight. No, that man's last name I think was Garrison. So I think I could be wrong. <laughs> okay. Some of these have got to be made up, but I'm going to go with. I'm just going to go. I'm going to go with God. I'm going to say Chris Gardner.
2: Chris Gardner. Hmm. Mm.
3: Wait. Okay. Wait. Wait. Mm. Can I phone a friend? Can I don't I phone, know. Can I phone a friend? Can I phone a friend? <laughs> <laughs> phone a friend. Okay, who wants to be my friend? <laughs> <laughs> who got Google? Who got who got a smartphone? Okay. Somebody needs help you. I'm gonna out. call No, I can't trust you guys. <laughs> my parents can't always trust them. Wait, okay, people in the, Wait, in the audience. Wait. Who is that? Is that Ben? Okay. All right. All right, let's see. Great. What's your what's your name, young man? Uh, my name's Bennett Bennett. Bennett Bennett, first name, last name, both the same. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Wait, which one did you say it is?
1: Uh, I say it's C.
3: You say it's C. All right, that's also what the people in the front of the audience said. <laughs> so I'm going to go with C. It's,
2: a, it's like he's got three names. That's no. how historic.
3: Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I trust the audience.
2: I All trust
3: right. some possible strangers more than I trust you right now.
2: We'll see. The The answer is Robert Clayton Dean. Are
3: those, are those, is this, this is Sashir Zameda from Saturday yes. Night Live holding a box of chocolates, heart shaped.
2: They're actually shaped in the faces of historic black figures. If you can't, it's a little tough to make out from that screen. Because
3: I can't see my own face.
2: Uh, She's not that happy about it, but, you know. Okay. I figure it fits with the theme.
3: Okay. All right. I'm with it. I'm with it.
2: Uh, Robert Clayton Dean, he played him in Enemy of the State, which is a fictional fictional story.
3: Oh, okay. I didn't see that movie. You don't don't watch action, so. Okay. (laughs) Next up, The Man, The Myth. Leon Leon A central character in BAPS also Is, if, is his character from BAPS going to be on this list?
2: I don't know Okay uh, Interesting tidbit I actually didn't know Leon's last name was Robinson It kind of like, dampened the mystery No, if
3: you watch <laughs> Real Housewives of Atlanta Which we did like an episode about Which you're obsessed with It's true And you think that Cynthia has a cute butt This is Cynthia's ex-husband <laughs> Really? I actually didn't remember that we got to keep moving. You can embarrass yourself, man. You keep that. All
2: right, well, yeah. Cynthia. All right. Uh, so, Leon.
3: All right. This is a tough one. Believe it or not, this is, this is as tough as this. it looks. Of all, right. all the people on this list, I've probably seen, like, the ratio of all their films I've seen, I've probably seen 97% of them. <laughs> all <laughs> right. Filmography.
2: So, we have Little Richard. Okay. David Ruffin. Mm-hmm. Jackie Wilson. Okay. Doris Bannock.
3: All right. So, I'm going to tell you what. I already got this. Mm -hmm. Little Richard, he played. I watched it. It was a TV movie, and there was, again, a Jet Magazine cover, so that's done. Okay. David Ruffin. Leon and David Ruffin. I mean, same Same person. We already established. (laughs) So he didn't actually... Maybe it's a technicality, because he didn't have to play David Ruffin, because (laughs) that's his true identity. I don't know who Darius Bannock is. So I don't know if he played Jackie Wilson or not. But I do believe, I do believe that there are enough musical biopics made by black people (laughs) that Leon probably played Jackie Wilson in one of them. It could be Why Do Fools Fall in Love? We don't know. (laughs) But I'm going to go with D, Dereese Bannock.
2: That would be correct. Wait. So (laughs) that that is... (laughs) <laughs> that is actually a, a statue of Leon crying when he played a Christ-like figure in Madonna's "Like a Prayer." The uh, that's the video. The tragic thing about this is the uh, so the video. So the Christ-like figure is actually also supposed to be like a saint who's like the saint of interracial relationships, which is something okay. I did not know existed. Okay, but now like it, they did the research for that video.
3: Wait, seriously?
2: Seriously, I thought
3: you no I lie. thought that was a joke. I, was I didn't like, make I don't that. See
2: that in here. <laughs> I wouldn't That's make real? that up. Uh, yeah, but Derice Bannock was his character from Cool Runnings. Are oh, you dead?
3: Oh wait, is that a real person?
2: It is not a real person, wait. but it was based on a real person. Okay, so I was
3: worried that the whole story of Cool Runnings wasn't real. <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, story's real. They changed the name. Okay. The guy's name is, I think, is like Devin Harris or something.
3: You, what would have been a good thing not to like is that if <laughs> to you shave my quit, game. No, 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 no. This was very good. But I would have really liked if you had put his character from the five heartbeats. Mm. That would have been that would have thrown me for a loop. Because I would have said, that's a real person.
2: Yeah, that was uh, was, he, was he JT? He was JT. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, but moving on. That is actually. <laughs> The end of the game.
3: Wait, how many did I get right? We did. Uh,
2: you got. Four? Yeah, you, you only lost, you only missed
3: one. It's a solid C. I I'll think that's, it. yeah. All that's,
2: right, that's typical for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so actually, uh, a bonus bonus round. Okay. Okay. This hopefully this is a gimme.
3: Should I do? I need help with it. You
2: might need help. Okay. Which one of the actors that we just went through uttered the words? Ain't nobody coming to see you, Otis. Is
3: that, is that not, I mean... That's a classic. Okay, everybody knows. We can say it all together. One, two, three. Leon. Yes, or David Ruff. Or David Ruff. <laughs> trick question, trick question.
2: But uh, that has been this edition of Whose Biopic Is It Anyway? All right.
3: Good job. Thank you. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Yeah.
2: So, <laughs>
3: God said no more.
2: Yeah, I know. All right. Uh, so, we would like to bring out our first guest. She is a writer and podcaster for BuzzFeed, where she co hosts the truly fantastic If You Are Not Listening to It, Something Is Wrong with You podcast. True. Another round. Woo-hoo! Yes, give it up for another round. Now, you might also know her from the groundbreaking, iconic Tumblr, Little Known Black History Facts.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: This Tumblr has covered important people like Lucina Clates, who was the right. first person to keep the sponge roller in her bangs all day. Mm. Very, very important work. I so please give it up. For Tracy Clayton.
4: Hey! Oh!
2: Got a little, little, little flavor, a little music, it's a little flavor, just
3: a touch.
0: Oh my! Hey. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome. Y'all cute. Y'all look nice. We're trying, Thank we're you. trying, we're trying. I, I like your top. top. Thank you. Speaking, speaking to the theme, I tried to find the blackest thing that I own. <laughs> this is it? Success. Aside from just like all black.
3: Um, so, Tracy, we got yes. a couple of questions for you. Because you know what I'm saying? We, wanna, we, want the, we want the audience to get the flavor of Tracy. Ooh. You should write that, that down. That's the title. Suggestive.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Flavor okay. of Tracy. How do we do this? I'm going to let you take the lead on this one.
3: All right, so so Tracy, so something something that you and I have in common in real life Mm -hmm. is like, you know, just like a general mortal fear of people knowing anything about us, Mm -hmm. right? And also a strong desire not to share too much about ourselves with people out in the world. That is me. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's also, um, it's kind of what you do for a living. A little bit. (laughs) <laughs> like, on a weekly basis. So, like, how do you reconcile your desire for, like, privacy about, like, certain details about your life mm-hmm. with your, you know, with your job? Which kind of, like, demands that of you? Like
0: the over-sharing? Uh, I kind of don't reconcile it. Um, somebody said, mm-hmm. So, somebody follows me on Twitter. Uh, I actually don't have much of a, a filter. I kind of overshare. I started a hashtag called Live Tweet Your Period. <laughs> and I did this. Just to troll a coworker of mine. But I was like, yeah, I'll tell everybody what's going on in my lady parts just to piss them off. But uh, there are things that I keep to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't talk about, like, my real-life relationships and boo things. Man, I was business. <laughs> um, and it's also hard for me to share too much about, like, like, I just learned that I have trouble expressing, like, grief. Like, my grandmother passed away recently, and I cannot talk about it or tweet about it. And I was like, how can I tweet about like my like my actual like bodily functions but not a human thing that people would probably rather hear about, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't make any sense. But to answer your question, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Have so, you guys always been like this? No, my god, my god. There's this picture in a um album at home of me at a birthday party at, like, six years old. I don't know if you've been to a birthday party, but they're supposed to be fun, right? <laughs> That's the plan. <laughs> yeah, you, typically, if it goes well. And the in the picture, is just, like, a bunch of kids. Like, somebody had broken open a pinata, and there's candy all over the floor, and everybody's just, like, running to get it and smiling and laughing. And I am glued to my mother's arm, looking at the floor. And I actually became a, a writer, an English major, basically, because I was like, I don't want to have to talk to people in whatever I do for the rest of my life because I'm not, I never thought I was well spoken and it's not fun. You know, it wasn't fun <laughs> then. And so when I think about the fact that I, hello, I'm on stage talking to a room full of people, it makes zero sense. You know what did it though? Mm. Therapy and medicine.
3: Shout out therapy, round yeah. of applause. Round of
0: applause. That's what it. Also, bourbon. Bourbon helps. Bourbon does help. (laughs) But also,
2: yay for growth.
0: Yeah, (laughs) growth. We love growth. Yes. That's the more responsible take on it.
2: Yes. (laughs) So I have a a deep, and hopefully this is not too long, but this has been a burning question of mine. Oh, oh my. Uh, I happen to go on Twitter every now and again. Okay. And you tweeted once about the fact that you think Tom Hanks is black. Okay <clears throat> I need you To say more Okay
0: <laughs> Okay um, First of all I just Minor correction I tweeted about The fact that Tom Hanks Is a black man Not oh, that I just okay. think He's black He's actually black
3: Okay. Okay Tom
0: Hanks is black He just is um, and this was brought to my attention by a friend of mine who happens to be in the audience. I don't know if I should point her out, but she's right there. The front <laughs> Hi, girl. Hi, Nicole. Hi, girl. Uh, so Nicole showed me this picture once. Or she Instagrammed it. And it was a picture of Tom Hanks, like, here. And he was just, like, you know, had, like, the puffy dad face and, like, a mustache. You mm-hmm. know, he just just looking like Tom Hanks. But... So it was a side-by-side with like Thurgood Marshall, Cab Calloway, and Adam Clayton Powell was the other one. And I'm trying to tell you, you could not tell them apart. You couldn't. You couldn't. And we, we actually did a, a presentation at the live show, at our last live show in Another Round, where we broke down step-by-step step all the ways in which Tom Hanks is actually a black man. Did you know? Let me blow your mind one time real quick. i right? please. <clears throat> the Cosby Show.
2: Yes, right? I'm familiar.
0: Cosby Show. Do you remember what Claire Huxtable's maiden name on the show was? Ooh. Does anybody know? Hanks. We've got a Hanks, okay? <laughs> okay? Keep that in your mind. Okay. But also listen to this.
2: <laughs> Fic- fictional character. Just want to okay,
0: do it. <laughs> Okay, we're going to go from fictional to real-life family barbecue, okay? All right, Ooh, let's do it. we getting there. It. So, Tom Hanks is a distant cousin... Of a one, Camille Cosby, whose maiden name was Hanks. Ooh,
3: I have chills. Ooh.
0: See? You see? That's only one of the ways in which Tom Hanks is a black man. I... Only one. Only Wait, one. Wait, that's. Uh, where are the others? It, w- it would I mean, honestly actually, take a long I'm time. Being... I mean, Tom Hanks' mother, if you've ever seen her, Looks both exactly like Tom Hanks and exactly like a woman who could be passing in like the fifties or sixties. She looks exactly like Nicole's grandmother. I'm wow. telling you, there are threads. Her, his mother was from a small island, like a Portuguese island that's not that that's far true. from Africa. That's so, true. You that's know, true. everybody's like over oh, there. You know, that's true. I looked it up. I go. I did Google See? it. I looked it up. He's also got the sugar, just like Big Mama does. <laughs> He also up. now officially has a black granddaughter, which is the universe being like, you know what? Let me give back to you that which I have wrested from you.
2: <laughs> Coming full you circle.
0: Yeah. <laughs> circle of life. It moves uh, us all.
2: So time has despair and hope. So he's passing, basically. Yeah.
0: I don't know if he knows it. You yeah. might not know it. I've been trying to get his attention. <laughs>
3: Hopefully we can just, you know, be another, another shout into the ether. Tom yeah. Hanks. Everybody's
0: and hashtag Tom Hanks is a black man.
3: Just yeah. tweet it's a good month to like, be like, Hey, I'm
2: actually black. You know, Surprise. this
0: is it. This is the moment. Yeah. This is the moment. Mm-hmm. He also once had a full, a full page ad in like Essence magazine for something. Wait, right. for what? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he's, he's black. He's clearly black.
2: Gotcha. Okay, and uh, that was
0: actually going to be my pick for the for the discussion later, but I was like, I don't know if everybody's ready for that. But
2: that, I mean, that would have been deal. You would have blown everybody's mind. I was, I was gonna, gonna say, it. I done you got to end been, on that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay.
3: That's a, you drop the mic after. Boom. One
2: <laughs> it's time to introduce our next guest.
3: Yes. Oh no. Yes, yes, yes. So our next guest, he is a writer at New York Magazine, and he is an alumnus of the dearly departed Grantland. Uh, he also dabbled in podcast hosting with the excellent, excellent, Rembert Explains. Uh, and he uh, may actually have opened more Tumblr accounts than any other human being. Please welcome to the stage, Rembert Brown. Yes.
1: welcome 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 he's black <laughs> no no this is the only thing i agree with tracy about he's yeah black. he's in there's it's nothing out. else we agree about
0: i hate your
3: shirt <laughs> i was gonna say maybe we should have separated y'all
0: wait that shirt is cool i don't like the one you have on top oh, okay, of it Okay, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> this is
3: gonna be really fun
2: <laughs> so uh getting to it something that we <laughs> gotta get to the right card yes. you know what I'm saying Segway Segway yeah. Transitions are my strong point gotta <laughs> <laughs> love it bourbon is working oh alright uh, so
1: something that we really really <laughs> need both slavery up here it's hot
0: well this black history you know. month though where <laughs> yeah. we're, we're on brand. it's real
1: authentic up here exactly we all <laughs> sweat like, like I'm a bomb Savannah man. or something
0: <laughs> this feels like a civil rights movie <laughs>
2: All right, so uh, something we we love about your work is that you clearly strive to celebrate all facets of blackness. All of them. Yes. Uh, you know, the everyday aspects of black life, uh, in addition to the stuff that people would consider to be, you know, ratchet. Uh, or even, like, a term that we actually, like, hate, like, lowbrow. But where do you think this desire to celebrate everything, like, all of us, comes from?
1: Um, I genuinely think that when you try to treat us like a monolith, it's just like, oh, black people act one way or do one thing, that's like very limiting. And uh it's been limiting when that gets attributed to me. Uh when I feel like someone's I feel like they've had they've gotten me figured out. It's like, oh you're one type of person. That's typically when I like to like go 180. And it's like, oh you thought I was like proper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, you know, or is like, "Oh, you thought I was like this type of person, and like, I, I think like I, one, one of the reasons that I've loved writing and not necessarily having one beat is purposeful because it, it, it resembles the conversations that I had growing up with lots of people, especially a lot of black folk, which is like, one moment we can be talking about politics and you know the economy and the next thing, and then like two minutes later, just like be listening to the future. And not ha- and not change the way we talk, not change anything. It's just like we have a variety of interests, and we we like to be spread throughout. Like we we like to take advantage of everything that's out there, and I think that is something that is still kind of new in terms of what Black folk get to do, like publicly. It's usually like, oh, you're like that type of Black person, so like do that until the next version of you comes along and then like you're done and then like it's like a little factory of black folk. Mm-hmm. And I uh I think it's very cool that now it's it's not necessarily unique or rare to be a black person and like show uh you know, as I say have the range. Uh <laughs> in a way. <laughs> <laughs> I do not have the range, by the way. He doesn't. That's I do true. not. I There's only one there. I does. don't. I don't. Just Adele.
4: <laughs> Just Adele.
2: You might have to leave out the back.
4: <laughs> yeah,
2: security. Yeah, I'm getting escorted
1: out. You know your crowd.
3: <laughs> uh, so you are, you're from Atlanta.
1: I am. Shout out, Black Mecca.
3: Yes,
0: actually.
1: <laughs> You're that's like, that's you, it that's I it, thought
0: somebody it. was going to say something There's yeah. nobody from Atlanta I was waiting like, for the like I know
1: <laughs> Damn
3: <laughs> We like left the door open for somebody to shout 404 yeah. Oh yeah I was like It's, it's, it's <laughs> ludicrous <laughs> It's
1: ludicrous <laughs> damn. Um, it sucks
3: So like you know I mean it's true though Atlanta is like One of the If not well, the Well, someone just
1: pretend to be from Atlanta For the rest yes. of the day Thank you <laughs> Oh my god What up <laughs> Shout out Super Bowl. <laughs> Yeah, too soon. Too soon. Yeah,
0: like,
2: <laughs> Everybody's
1: reeling.
0: This is a celebration, remembered. okay? Yeah, I'm okay, sorry. come on. Yeah, happy Black oh. History Month. <laughs> literally...
2: what, what
1: were you saying? What were you asking? <laughs> I'm excited. I love Atlanta. Yes, Atlanta.
3: So you're from Atlanta, and it's one of the, if not the most, you know, the cultural mecca of black folks yes. in America. So you're a native Atlantan, and your love and appreciation for where you're from, it just comes through in all of your work and a lot of your Twitter account. Yes. Um, So, like, you also, like, have, I would say, the privilege of, like, surveying and celebrating black culture and black life for a living. You know what I mean? Uh, So how has being from Atlanta, this, like, very specific, magical place for black people, like, how has that affected the way that you approach your work?
1: Well, one thing that I love about Atlanta is that it's one of the few places that a lot of white kids grow up learning what it feels like to be a minority, and you just, Like, if you're white, like, a lot of times you just, like, end up around a lot of black folk all the time. <laughs> and, like, that just doesn't happen a lot. And it's just, on Monday, I was home in Atlanta, and I was just, like, I walked through the campuses of Morehouse, Spelman, and Clark. And I was, like, I think I might have seen more black people today than the average person does in their entire life. <laughs> and that's, like, a beautiful thing. Like, my default is just being surrounded by black folk and not one type of black folk. Like, you know, you got like you can drive down like the street i grew up off of it's like on oh, like 3 miles up it's just like multi like you know like Creflo and like all like all like the super rich black folk that steal from other black folk just and you know here. like like but just like very 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 rich black folk and then on the other side of the street is just like very broke black folk but they all kind of intermingle we like you you learn that it all exists and like you and growing up, I, I grew up right in the middle of it. And I feel like the way I grew up, I, 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 feel, I feel very privileged to have a very wide idea of what black people are because of where I'm from. And I think because the way I write, I'm trying to less, you know, just throw my opinions out there, but more just kind of talk on behalf of a lot of the people that I grew up around. Mm. And one thing I will say is that growing up, it was very black or white. Like it uh, now, Atlanta's a lot more diverse. But you know, I had to begin to adjust in my writing. If if something didn't involve black people, I would just say like white people, mm. because I just like I just I, I there wasn't anyone else in Atlanta until like 08, you know. So <laughs> so um, but it has so like in some ways, I did feel very exposed and very. Privilege to have a, like a lot of different perspective but in other ways it was like i'm glad that i left there and moved to other places where i did get exposed to you know other different types of black folk like i, I hadn't really met anyone that was like from like like west indian like or like like mm-hmm. like i just that was a, a type of black life i hadn't really been exposed to and like so that's the reason i like having my atlanta background but also Coming up here and living other places, so. best of both worlds. Best of both worlds.
3: That's kind of actually how I felt. And I think about moving from like Michigan to like D.C., where people were just like speaking Amharic to me, like, "Oh, you obviously you're Ethiopian." And I was like, "I." They never- saw them
0: curls, girl. They was like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah,
3: curl pattern. I'll take that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's a really like it's kind of this like a similar thing in like the Detroit area. Granted, we have a lot more Middle Eastern folks and Arab folks, but like. A, a lot it's a lot of black folks and a lot of white folks in the metro detroit area i didn't realize until i moved to like other places that i was just like oh
1: this is different yeah <laughs> one, one very quick story is that i there was a kid i grew up with and his dad owned a a kid, his dad owned a wendy's And until I was like 15, I thought he was like the richest black person in America. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I thought I had like the hookup to like, to like, he was like Oprah of Southwest Atlanta. I was like, yo, like, I could walk into, I could walk into the Wendy's on Cascade. I could walk out with like double the nuggets. (laughs) And like, it is very funny. Like there are places, like, like. Like what you think is at the top of the food chain is like very funny how that changes and adjusts over time because I was convinced at that point I didn't know um uh, more of a black businessman than that man that owned and then he got a second one and I was like shit. <laughs> <Can't touch it. laughs> yeah. yeah I, I I I just like learning more and more about like what can constitute uh Rich and wealth and others. I, I just I'll, I'll never forget just thinking that I knew, like Oprah, of- <laughs>
2: <laughs> the Oprah of Wendy's. Yeah, the,
1: yeah, the Oprah, yeah, the Oprah of the fast food. <laughs> uh,
2: so now that we've had a chance to meet the both of you, I think it's time that we get to the meat oh of this discussion.
3: Yes, yes. So as you guys know, we are here because it is Black History Month, according yes. to Whitney and Bobby. Black. History year, yes, <laughs> and you know it's a time oh for reflection. <laughs> it. Every it's other year classic. of two years, and that's where I, that's where I, I actually take issue because oh, I think so it should funny. be Black History Year every year.
2: It's true. That might mm. be one of the
3: only ways in which I've ever disagreed with Whitney Houston,
2: well, actually, it was Bobby who said it. Just for the record, mm. just gotta mm. give shouts out to Bobby King of R and B
1: King. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say, was it uh, Rocks and Blunts? <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> Shout out, Bobby. So, uh,
3: so, you know, it's Black History Month. <laughs>
1: this is my land. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry.
0: Right?
1: No, no, I'm, I'm done. I'm You're
0: done. You all right? Okay. You all right. Do y'all personal- remember Bobby and Whitney's reality show? Oh, my
1: <laughs> God.
0: It was so yes. good. I'm sorry. We. I know, well, you know what's funny
3: that? is like I would love to describe my favorite scene from the show, but like yeah. I don't even want to put. It, it's the it, one. Do it. Do it. I do no. it. No. No. Because uh, no. no. Do it. Do it.
0: But no. they are.
3: Whitney is wearing a white jogging suit, and they are trying to buy sunglasses, and that's all I'm going to say. Yes.
0: <laughs> and you we all know, share, know what I'm talking, talking share, about because share. this is that type of crowd. You <laughs> all know what I'm talking go, about. Go. 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 Go.
3: But in the spirit, in the spirit of Sister Whitney
0: the
3: happiest I've ever been? We are talking about Black History Month. Yes, okay. Which is a time for Mm reflection and uplift Mm -hmm. and celebration. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, and as much as we deeply love and revere you know, the Kings and the Tubmans and the Baldwins and the Douglases of the world, you know, we feel that the rich tapestry of Black History is not, you know, it's not truly reflected in what, you know, you think of when you think of the Black History canon. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, for every Ida B. Wells, who doesn't even get enough credit as it is... sure, We speak your name. There are dozens of, like, barrier-breaking, history-making black women, you know, and men whose names don't end up in history books. I'm also wondering, you know, what even constitutes what makes something historic anyway? Because for mm. me personally... I've been thinking about Master P before A Seat at the Table, okay? For Yum. those of you who are old enough to have watched MTV Cribs when it was originally <laughs> on TV, Master P is the only person on that show to have ever paid for everything he owned in cash. Mm. <laughs> mm. And I ask you all, what is not <laughs> is historic right? about that?
0: <laughs> it's true.
3: So, you know, so we asked ourselves... We also asked Tracy, and remember, you know, who's missing from the Black History Month pantheon? Tom Hanks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: yeah. Tom so Hanks so- and Eli Whitney. So <laughs> so you know, so we all dug deep. <laughs> we all dug very deep. We dug beyond Tom Hanks, mm. you know, and we made some tough choices and now we're going to share them with you. So Eric is up first. Please share your pick or picks for the Black History Month Pantheon.
2: Yes, I actually have two nominations. The first one is Larry LeVan. So if that name doesn't ring a bell, a lot of people don't know that name. But Larry LeVan was a iconic New York DJ in the late 70s and 80s. It could be said that he was like, I mean, he was one of the architects of what would become house music. I actually can't really do him all the way justice, so I'm gonna play a little clip from uh, a documentary called DJ Pioneers. DJs didn't become famous themselves until Larry. Clubs were famous. Larry became the DJ that became famous more than the club, and that started DJs becoming famous, started DJs making money, started DJs remixing and producing records because record company owners saw extra money being made because a DJ's name was on a record. Larry became famous, 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 and had a following I can only compare it to something like Charles Manson, <laughs> the way he controlled people. Larry could control people with his music. So that started the whole ball rolling for DJs nowadays that are famous, that travel around the world, that mix and produce. It wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for Larry. To me, he was a superstar DJ, and he still is. Come on. So, Larry LeVant. The thing that really, like, well, I, j- just to say, like, growing up in Memphis, I actually came to house music and, and like, DJ culture and, like, dance very late. You know, it's a blues-heavy town. <laughs> R&B, uh, soul. But, like, as I started digging into it, I came across this story of this black gay man who changed club culture in New York City like back in the day clubs in New York used to be a pretty like stuffy affair like upscale clubs uh, but Larry LeVan is somebody who came in and said, no, like, if you're going to have me in here, you're going to have me DJing. Everybody needs to be here. Everybody needs to be around me. And he was, he was one of the first people to actually establish a lot of the things that we now associate with, like big time DJs, where you came out. The DJ is the a, is a top billing on the, on the flyer. He's in the center of the crowd. Everybody's like crowding around him, celebrating him as if he's playing. Because he turned that into performance. Uh, he turned the act of DJ into performance. And it's like the more I go back and listen to the music, because there are a ton of mixes online. You should definitely go back and take a look. I would recommend there's a 10 minute version of Ain't No Mountain High Enough, the Ashford and Simpson version that will change your life. Wow. Like, straight up will change your life. He clearly just brought people together in a way that allowed people to be whole and celebrate love and dance. Obviously, I wasn't there to experience that, but it's something that, in hindsight, like I really like appreciate knowing that this is where a lot of the things that I love came from.
3: You know, I appreciate your reclamation of house music because these people—you know, as, uh, as DJ Khaled says, they— want you to think that, like, Swedish people invented house music and, like, craft work invented, like, electronic music. Mm-hmm. And that is not the truth. That is not the truth. I mean, honestly, I don't know. It's just like anything else. It's like if you think about, like, any other type of popular music that's popping, you know, I mean, it didn't, it didn't, come, it didn't come from white Europeans.
0: Do you no. know what I mean? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's like the thing where the, suppo- allegedly, as a semi-journalist, I have to say allegedly. Yeah. But the way that the the Grammys people were like, Beyonce stacking the deck and making songs in all these different genres. And everybody's like, but black people created all these genres. Yes. So she can do country. She can do rock. She can do R&B. Like, why um, you mad?
3: There were so many people that were like, oh, you know, Beyonce is getting like Jack
0: White's influence. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> remember when she made, remember when she came out with the, what was the song? Uh, the Chopped and Screwed thing that she did. I've Been On, Bow Down. Oh, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And everybody was, there was some like highly academic like. Uh, well, she's influenced by the whatever, whatever. Everybody was like, she's from Houston. She's from <laughs> Houston. What are you doing right now? This is ridiculous. Her mother
1: is Tina Knowles. Literally. Celestine.
0: Literally. Like, what is this? Celestine.
3: Celestine. Mm. No, but that is the, that is absolutely the damn truth. That is beautiful, Eric. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you. So,
2: beautiful. we celebrate Larry LeVan. We celebrate you. Shout true. out.
0: Shout
4: out. Yes.
2: I should. Now, <laughs> I don't want to say too much about my next nomination. Ooh. I'm just actually going to go straight to the clip. Hopefully it's one that you all recognize. <sighs> What's up, bro, man? What's up? Oh. <laughs> bro, man, it's three in the morning, man. What are you doing here?
4: Man just Just chill what you doing up I usually have a place to
2: myself round this side
1: can't get no sleep man
2: keep having these nightmares bruh you ever have nightmares yeah
1: (laughs) I had a dream one time I was climbing this fire escape and I couldn't make it to the top. So I climbed through the window of this fly-ass crib with the big see-through refrigerator. It was full of sandwiches.
4: But, but, I couldn't open the door, Ma. So I just stood there
1: and cried, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Bruh, man, cried. Yes!
2: Yeah, shout out.
1: Oh, my God. So,
2: if you don't know where that clip came from, oh my God. one, you need to educate yeah. yourself. It comes from the classic, classic TV show, Martin. Mm, yes. uh, and my nomination is actually not Martin himself. But Brahman yes. from the fifth, fifth floor, I hold yes. up four fingers because if you go back and look, he never held up <laughs> five. Not not a
1: once. Not, not a one once. time. Not once.
2: And oh the thing the reason why I think Brahman deserves his rightful place. Starts with me as a little boy back in Memphis. Oh my God. Mm. Tell mm. us about it. Mm. So
4: <laughs>
2: we lived in a house. Small house. We were living in a house. So when I would watch Martin, we would all gather around, and like Martin was like the, the TV show that we all watched. I would see Bruh Man climb from the fire escape <laughs> into their house. One, I was like, what is a fire escape? (laughs) (laughs) Let's start there. Like, what's the purpose? Go through the door. Like, I don't know. (laughs) But two, he also would just, like, pop up. And, like, you never knew when you were going to come across Bruh Man. And he would drop these, like, gems. And he just never seemed to be bothered by what was going on in the world. You ask him what he's doing he's just chilling. Like, all the time. He's just chilling. And he just rolled with everything that, like, came past him. Mm. He was friend, Sometimes he was foe. Mm. (laughs) But he was always loved. And always hungry. And always hungry. The man loved the sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) But that, like, seeing that, like, seeing all these things, him pop up, drop this wisdom, and then just kind of disappear into the night. Like, made like made me really think about what it means to be like carefree like bro man was carefree
0: was he the first carefree black boy
2: mm. I'm oh, willing boy. to to draw that line wow. in the sand mm. <laughs> the claim <laughs> he had oh no God. worries like he really <laughs> had no worries and, that, and like thinking to now while I hopefully will have a better living situation I think I'm doing okay right now you're doing pretty good I hope to be as carefree mm. As Bruh Man from mm. the Fifth Floor.
0: One day, my brother. One that was, day. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. It was. That was beautiful. that was beautiful. Man, that was a good one. That was a good man. one Yes. I try. I just try to honor my people, man. Do y'all remember when Martin and Bruh Man were gonna sell T-shirts at the Whitney Houston concert? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: that I did.
0: Oh, T-shirts Whitney Hutton.
1: God, I can talk about Martin for with vibe,
0: Okay, yeah. I will do this all day. Well, no you know, no, you're actually... Tracy, you're up next. Oh, can I use this time to just talk about my favorite Martin episode? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Unfortunately, you, you actually... I think you have something else on your chest that you wanted to get off.
0: I do. I actually do. So, <clears throat> I think about... Black history a lot And when I say a lot I mean every February Like everybody else does <laughs> um, the
1: shortest month For a reason it's, it's, Right it's, it's, After 28 days I am exhausted I'm done I'm done
0: <laughs> um, And in thinking about Like what What is required To get somebody Into the Black History Month Canon I'm always reminded Of a young lady Who And this is not The person that we're Going to talk about This is just my intro My preamble okay. If you yes, will Nice Because I'm an English major And we do this thing okay. Right <laughs> Um, but I'm always reminded of a of a then girl, now woman, who I like to refer to as the black Rosa Parks. Her name was Claudette Colvin. And Claudette was a 13, 14, 15-year-old girl who did what Rosa Parks did before Rosa Parks did it. And initially, the NAACP was like, yeah, we're going to rally, da, da 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 Then they found out that she was pregnant by like a married man. And they were like, ooh, <laughs> actually, we've got a thing, so <laughs> we can't support <laughs> you anymore. Um, so I feel like the, the requirements of, of which is why we're here, the requirements of what it takes to be like a, an important, distinguished, remembered person in black history, it's completely skewed because not everybody's a Martin, not everybody's an Angela, you know, sometimes you're a Franklin from Peanuts. That's who this young man is, right? If you're not familiar, I don't know like the ages of everyone here, but Peanuts is how Charlie Brown was born, basically. And this young man is, I believe, the only person of color to have appeared in any Peanuts comic strip, show, movie, Peanuts on Ice, whatever. <laughs> this is this is our representation, okay? And here's why I feel so strongly. That's about how Franklin. I feel at
1: work every day.
0: <laughs> same, absolute same. And Franklin was introduced in 1968. He is, once again, the only black character. And when he was first introduced, people had an issue with it. Surprise. They were like, oh, if you do this, we're going to drop your comic strip, Charles Schultz. What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And Charles was like, well... This is not going to be a political addition. Like, he's not here to talk about race and politics and stuff like that. He's just a normal person, like me and you, which to me sounds like, I don't see color, all lives matter, etc., etc. So you know that Franklin was going through some stuff, right? <laughs> because he essentially integrated the school in which all the peanut characters went to, Peppermint Patty. Look, Charlie Brown. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. The Little Rock Nine, this was the (laughs) Peanuts version of that, right? (laughs) So, initially, newspapers were like, Listen, if you carry on with this Negro character, we're going to cut the strip. We're not going to run it, et cetera, et cetera. He's like, No, it's chill. He's not all, he's not like the bad type of black. It's what like the undercurrent was. And eventually people were like, Oh shit, you're right. <laughs> he's just here like everybody else. It's not like really a, a thing. The only time that race was discussed surrounding Franklin in the Peanut Strip was a strip in which Peppermint Patty. Was practicing skating or whatever. And Franklin, whose last name is Armstrong, by the way. Hey, Armstrong. Uh, Franklin was also out because he wanted to play hockey. You know, he's just out minding his black-ass business, trying to learn how to hit this little puck, whatever. Peppermint Patty was like, oh my God, Franklin, move. I'm trying to be like a figure skater or whatever. Franklin's like, well, I'm trying to be a, a hockey player. And Peppermint Patty says, how many black people do you know in the NHL? right? <laughs> is that not heavy as shit? 53%. Oh I'm saying, well, yeah. listen.
2: Response should have been, first off.
0: <laughs> right. Right. First off. First of all, what you not gonna do is, um, and I just feel like somebody needs to do like a deep dive into Franklin and his life. So I think about Franklin a lot. Every February, and um, I just have this this vision, like this idea, like what is the moment that Franklin became radicalized? Right? Like, what if what if Franklin's like, <laughs> I'm with this. What he checked his mentions. And, <laughs> right, Franklin's on Twitter, and like maybe he becomes like a five percenter. You know, <laughs> Franklin changes his name to like uh, Father God Allah. <laughs> you know. This could have happened. We don't know because nobody bothered to look at Franklin and his contributions. And a thing that really made me think about this, there's a picture. It's a still from a Peanuts episode. And I believe that we have this still. It's everybody at a, all the the children at a a meal. First of all, who cooked? Because five-year-olds cannot cook turkeys. I don't care who you are. And so everybody is at the table. It's a long table. There's food everywhere. There's somebody at the head's. This side of the table is full. Guess who's by himself on the other side. Messed up. That's (laughs) too (laughs) much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just wanna I just wanna point out that Franklin has got the same hair that Solange does uh, on the a seat at the table cover. Because listen, that's all he wanted was a seat at the table. And they're like, okay, you can sit at the table, we ain't gotta sit by you. And this is how you know that Franklin got a story, okay? <laughs> Somebody needs to look into Franklin and the story of the integration mm. that he led as a child. Mm. Okay? All by himself. Put Franklin in the cannon. Put him in the cannon.
1: That was incredible.
0: That's
3: right.
1: That picture is like a little too real for me right now. (laughs) I'm just like looking at it. I'm having like PTSD. Yeah.
0: I mean, like, what is the explanation for this? Look how much room is on this all. Racism.
1: I think that's the answer. There
0: you go. Always the explanation. Give Franklin his proper. That's all I'm saying.
1: He was so young.
0: He was like four. (laughs) Dealing with. He was a civil rights leader at two. <laughs> <laughs> Had no say in it. Had no choice. Just living in Springfield. That's where the Simpsons live. That's mm-hmm. not where the mm-hmm. Peanuts. Yeah, live. no, it's just fine. <laughs> fine. fine. I, believe, I, I bought it, though. And, uh, eh, Springfield. Then, yes, it's where yeah, he it. Um So, this is my first nominee for the Black History Canon. Um, second is a little more serious. Still a cartoon character, though. This is Baby Esther. I hear some yeses. Baby Esther was the original. Inspiration for the comic book character Betty Boop Um, Baby Esther was a Cotton Club performer in the 20s and she was called Baby Esther because she had a very Kiddish childlike baby way of singing Like the boop boopie doop that literally Came from her right Every time I see a t-shirt With Betty Boop on it I just think about All the money that's going to Paramount Who I believe owns like the Trademark the copyright I don't know what the lingo Is and I think about the fact that Everybody loves to idolize Marilyn Monroe and Betty Boop when we've got our Dorothy Dandridge. Yeah. Yes, you know, we yeah. have our own sex symbols. We have our own people. But a lot of the white sex symbols actually would not be anything without us, right? Because they see us. They see our features and what we're doing. And they're just like, ooh, that's cute. I can't come up with that by myself. Let me just take a little bit of what you're doing. Let me take these cornrows and call them boxer braids. Okay. <laughs> um <laughs> Too real. So, <laughs> not real enough. Too real. <laughs> I real not I too real, this was not real enough. <laughs> so I was reading up on Baby Esther. There's not a lot of audio from like the actual singing and scatting that she used to do. Because I think a lot of it was destroyed, possibly. But I read about a case that is just completely ridiculous. So <clears throat> Baby Boo became white when Esther was performing at the Cotton Club. And there was a woman named Helen Kane, I do believe who was also a singer, she would go to the Cotton Club, listen to Baby Esther sing and play, and she was like, hmm, this might be a cool thing for me to do. Steals it. Just like steals her entire shit. That's how Paramount was, like they caught one of like the whole shtick, the whole stick, the boo boo doo They made Baby Boop, who actually started off as a cartoon dog with big floppy ears. Then they turned her into a human and like they turned the ears into earrings, which is just kind of weird to me but that's another story for another day. So, Betty Boop is born. Paramount makes a shit ton of money. Can I say shit on this yeah. stage? Yeah, you can say go shit. Go for it. Shit ton of money. You oh,
3: yeah.
0: Would you like to say shit real quick? Too? Shit. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> makes a shit ton of money. Helen gets mad because someone stole something from her. <laughs> right, this Shut face. Up. Yes, oh, yes. God. So, Helen sues Paramount, claiming copyright infringement, the 20s versions of version of copyright infringement. She's like, you know, you're creating undue competition for me. You stole this. This is obviously a caricature, et cetera, et cetera. Paramount's defense, ladies and gentlemen, was that we didn't steal this from you. We stole it from Baby Esther. It was essentially the defense, the legal defense. And that's what got Paramount off from the copyright infringement claims. Yes, they did not pay her. Uh, as far as I know, and I mean... When I say what I know, I wikipedia would it like 30 minutes before the show. Um, As far as I know, Esther had passed away by the time that this case came to court. And the court was just like, you know what? You're right. They didn't get this just from you. They also got it from this person. And, like, she's never been given her proper. She's never been given her money. Give baby Esther her money. Give her her proper. Betty Boop is a black woman. Tom Hanks is a black man. (laughs) Hashtag all of it. Put him in the cannon. (laughs) Put him in the cannon. Put him in the cannon.
1: For some reason, when you say put him in the cannon, I imagine, like, putting a black person in a cannon (laughs) and, like, shooting them to black heaven. (laughs) Which is a a real place.
0: That's a lot. What does black heaven look like? Atlanta. Okay. (laughs) Shout out Atlanta. Send Betty Boop to Atlanta. Yeah.
1: (laughs) That was good. That
3: what was, was beautiful. That was great. That was, was
0: beautiful. Cute. That was really good. That oh, was really good.
3: I miss it with all my heart. So, I guess I'm next. Yeah. So, I also have two. Well, I technically have three people, but the first one is two people together. So, I would like to nominate the two men that made this next video possible. Eight, two, five, five, Okay so for those of you who um, Who can't see this Which is going to be I guess people listening in the future We just watched a video of A woman who was tied up In a fake straight jacket dressed as Nicki Minaj Wearing a long pink wig Get like it just it cut on a stage while rapping as Nicki Minaj into a short razor cut bop, mm. and something like that can only happen at the 2013 Bronner, Bronner Brothers hair battle mm. at the Bronner Brothers International Beauty Show. Um, so I want to nominate two brothers,
1: Atlanta, Georgia, by the way.
3: Yes, no, based in Atlanta, Georgia. Based in Atlanta, Georgia. Let's go. I want to nominate. Arthur Bronner and Dr. Nathaniel Bronner, uh, who in 1947, they started the Bronner Brothers like hair product company. And it is now still one of the largest private black hair and skincare producers in the country. And also they have this international beauty show. And this is not any ordinary trade show. You know what I mean? Where you have the booths and you have the products and you have the wigs and you have the wig forms and you have all that. No, 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 no. They have a true hair
1: Battle! It is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, like straight up.
3: Have you ever? I'm dying to know. I've been been.
1: about seven times. What? I mean, like, it's like, is I mean, like, where I grew up, like, literally, the Browner Brothers, like, headquarters is like half a mile from Morehouse and Spelman, which is like where I grew up, and like Mm -hmm. the the city's black population like quadruples (laughs) because literally, like, everyone comes in for this, and it's like the it's 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 it, I literally went for the first time because I got dragged by my aunt because she was trying to like push some furs. <laughs> it's a whole nother podcast, but uh, but no, no, it is it is the, the most intense, great like performance art sub I've ever seen. It's it's. it's
3: I mean, it's cr- I mean, people like like. There's one year where they did like a Sierra versus Nikki battle, which was this year, 2013. Sierra versus Nikki battle, and at one point a woman cut somebody's hair real quick like with a razor and then some man just came up and just picked her up and just put his crotch right on her neck and just carried her away like she just put her knees over his shoulders and he was just like "shoot, I'll carry you away." This was like I'm serious. There is choreography, there are costumes, there are possibly pyrotechnics, fake straight jackets. To me it just shows like the fact that, you know, these two men who started this company, so oh, here they are. Got Nathaniel Arthur um, and here they are also like just to show how Atlanta here they- Dr. King <gasps> oh
4: do you know what God. I'm saying
3: like they started this in 1947 having no idea that they'd still be around what spin what I'm not really good at math A lot. I was lot. about to be like it's like 150 years that's accurate that's why Coretta's hair that's always accurate. looks so good exactly like to me it's just like you know <laughs> these people are responsible for why so many of us had like you know little burn marks around our ears <laughs> You know why so many of us, you know, have love-hate relationships with wave caps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're p- partially responsible for why I ordered a durag off of Amazon hey. <laughs> and had the nerve to be disappointed in myself. Wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. Uh, <laughs> what are so you So last doing? year was a tough year. <laughs> I was working a lot. Let's go into it.
3: Um, I was really busy and...
0: You just couldn't get to the I couldn't on the corner? I
3: couldn't... I didn't have time, Tracy. Hey,
0: listen, new I'm money. not here to judge. New money, you know what I'm saying?
3: I was gonna say this is my this is not even this isn't even my day job. So okay. yes, okay. So I didn't have I thought I was it
1: was new money, and I just got Amazon Prime. And <laughs> but isn't I was like, isn't there like a isn't there like a minimum you have to reach? So did you buy like 13 durags? rags? No,
3: no,
0: no, no. You no, can just
3: buy no. one
1: durag on one, Amazon. One, yes,
3: wow. I can buy one durag. I should have known because I I don't want to say what I paid for it.
0: Was it like rhinestone? Did it have like a design? Was no. Michelle Obama and it, you know, on it? Was No. Like, <laughs> it was just like a plain black. No, well, the cigar. thing is, I thought
3: it was fancy because it had thick straps.
1: It was Lee, Lee, And I have a bit. Leon I a big was head. on. It.
3: <laughs> no. It was bad. It was all bad news.
0: Okay, okay. This I is know. A safe space.
3: And, you know, I guess like maybe this is a way of me, you know, penance. Maybe this is penance, me nominating the Bronner Brothers. Mm. But to me, Regardless of my past decisions and choices, which I refuse to be judged for. No, never no. that. Never we would that. never. Especially not by all y'all.
0: Ooh, <laughs> you see how she just judged y'all when she was oh like, I'm not here to be judged. Um,
3: <laughs> no, I mean, they have created so many avenues for people to further for black people to further their creativity and allowed us on, in so many ways to create our own stages and our own audiences. And for that, I am eternally grateful. That's good. That's so good. I would love to nominate Dr. Nathaniel and Arthur Bronner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Also, that Bronner Brothers logo is like hard. Like I kind of like want that tattooed like on my arm. Do it. Should be it. Awesome. But do change it. the top B to an R and it's RB because remember my do right. yeah, There you go. Like, right after this.
4: Yeah, I'll go get one. Yeah. All right, um, let's go.
1: I don't see any problem with that. That's <laughs> to me,
3: that's like perfectly within the spirit of the show.
4: Yep. Yep. So
3: I have another nomination, and you know I. I don't. I don't want to give too much away because I'm going to play a clip, and I think it's really going to illustrate the depth of what's going on. But uh, this is a young lady named Rochelle, and she's a character from the 1996 film The Craft, um, oh which is god. a a film about four Holy teenage shit. girls who get into a little bit of witchcraft. Oh my god! Um, so, I, like I said, I don't want to say too much, but I think that. Oh, you've said enough. I think that her <laughs> black history contributions oh are going to be made perfectly.
1: This is the <laughs> first time the craft has ever been mentioned in Black History Month, and I am so happy. <laughs> I am so happy right now.
3: Oh Alright, so here we go. God. To the tape. Oh god, look, there
0: is a pubic hair in my brush. Oh, my <laughs> oh no, wait, wait. That's just one of Rochelle's little nappy hairs. <laughs>
3: Why are you doing this to me, Laura? Do you think you're funny? You really wanna know why? Yes, I really wanna know why.
0: Because I don't like Negroids. Sorry.
1: (laughs) Well done.
0: Don't hit your head on the board.
1: Put
4: a lid on it, Laura. <laughs> oh,
0: my God. I don't know. What does it look like? I
4: don't know gross
1: Ah. yo that's reparations baby that's reparations that's (laughs) That's all we getting that's
3: it
4: this girl said
3: this girl said this one of her little nappy hairs and she didn't know she was fucking with the real one
1: (laughs) Good
0: lord! Also, Which is, we'll call somebody a Negroid. I know a
3: Negroid was in one of my high school science textbooks, and I asked, I said, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs>
1: a Negroid.
3: Yeah, it was actually. I think about nothing. This this is really messed up. It was in my my chronology and like mm. and like forensic science class. Wow,
1: I know. Like the books where like our brains are different sizes and like we, yeah, exactly. we, like, we descend Negros from like different animals. Yeah. yeah, they exactly. were like Negroid
3: hairs after. tend to be thick, coarse. And unruly. <laughs> there you go. But and yeah, and it's, some. you know, there are so many points. Okay, so I've worn my hair natural my whole life. I've worn my hair okay, like this since teen I was natural. like.
4: natural.
3: Exactly, too natural. What if I said I had a perm, though? How would y'all feel about that? I'd be into it. Um, <laughs> <I'm-> <laughs> but yeah, no, so I've been wearing my hair like this since I was like, what, 13? Mm. Every single day. And I did have a little girl tell me that she thought that my hair looked like pubic hair. And do you know what she's doing now? What? Nobody do? give a fuck.
4: So. <laughs>
1: That was beautiful.
3: <laughs> well,
2: put.
1: got him.
3: But, but, praise. And you know, my Angela said, "Don't be bitter." I don't remember the reasons why, because after that, I, <laughs> I checked out. But I don't wish any ill upon this young woman, mm, Sure. Stephanie. Now, <laughs> but, but. Back then.
4: <laughs> I could have done with some of
3: this whatever oh, Rochelle was doing to get her hair to fall out. That would have been nice in two thousand and one. Are, so, are you friends
1: with Stephanie on Facebook? I don't like, know. Like is there any way we could get her this video? Like <laughs> like like by midnight, just like edit it, cut it. Remember this? Drop it on that news feed, like <laughs>
0: Everybody should friend Stephanie and post yep. pictures. I'm yeah. ready on stage. You should, yeah, yes, at her. directly. I should, I should have added her, but you know, hashtag the craft.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, how perfect was that? It's like crazy to me that in the '90s, in a teen movie, mm. a black girl got like her, she just got. You know what I'm saying? This white girl got her comeuppance like that. Mm. I never in my like I didn't understand at the time how deep. Mm-hmm. So you know, I feel blessed. To have learned from the best. (laughs) And I feel blessed to share the blessings with all of you. Go forth and multiply. And be blessed. Um, So, Rembert, I think that uh, that brings us to you.
1: I have one video. uh, And I don't even need my card because I consider myself the foremost expert on this topic. Which is uh, the 2005 event Legends Ball. The greatest five day extravaganza that Oprah pulled off, which was she invited every black woman that l- has ever lived to her house um, <laughs> like even if you don't think you were there, you were there like like you got drugged and you were there for five days and you woke up and you were back at the crib uh and uh the person that I am going to nominate to the canon is someone who is uh definitely m- like more famous than everyone else, but is someone that I think is someone that could slip but like through the cracks
4: mm-hmm.
1: of the canon. And I think that she deserves a spot above most people who think they're first ballot Hall of Fame canon members. Uh, and this person is Patty LaBelle. Um, um I love Patty LaBelle because she makes me Less homesick, like when I haven't been home for a while and I like miss my mom and my aunt, I just watch Patti LaBelle videos because I'm like, yo, like you are wild, <laughs> up. like you were wearing like a fur and a wig in August, <laughs> and you, uh, like you, you just you live like you, like th- th- they asked me to, like. Uh, Send, y'all asked me to send in, like, one video, and I send in, I think, six. <laughs> yeah. Like, I had, like, a whole hour and a half.
3: Yeah. With uh, time codes. Yeah, I yeah. was just
1: like... So basically, this video, to set up this video, this is my favorite video ever on YouTube. So Legends Ball was five days, and on day five, they had a little revival where young B.B. Winans just started passing around the mic <laughs> to all these wonderful old black women that are queens, and... Everyone was, like, doing their thing. You kind of saw Patty on the side just, like, letting everyone get through their thing <laughs> um, because Patty is, like, just does not believe that she has any peers because she doesn't. No. And so, like, Gladys got some mic time. Dion Ward got some mic time. Beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, show. season got some <laughs> mic time. And Patty was just on the side with her stunner shades on. And then oh. B.B. passed it to... Patty, and then uh, the next thing happened, which is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life.
4: I changed my life Because if you don't I feel so free I feel so happy no! <laughs> The rest of my life, I think that may be the most transcendently spiritual moment <laughs> I've ever been part of. Okay, give me. Give me,
1: give me okay.
0: <laughs> Was that Della Reese in the no, audience? No, Della Reese. No,
1: like, no, yeah, like every. Like, it's so. If I may, please, um, because like. I really don't have to say that much about this; it just does the mm. work for itself. Mm. But if I may, now that we've seen it, I would like to watch it a second time. But I want, <laughs> but but I want to point out some things to look for. Um, the first thing to look for is that if you didn't know, that person that turns her head—that's Oprah, who's just like is just like, what just happened? <laughs> um, the second thing, and the most important thing, is that halfway through. Patty's little Holy Ghost March, she has a program in her hand and then she just throws it in the air. And it hits someone like eight rows back. So when you see this little yellow thing in her hand, just stare at it because at some point she's going to go like that and she's going to throw it in the air, and it is the greatest thing I have ever seen. Just, just play it one more time. So she's got the program in there right now. Yeah, I'm just narrating this. You. you see it?
4: I see I'm so free! I feel so no! happy! <laughs> Alright, she's,
1: she's about to throw this thing in the air. There it goes!
4: God, God, God.
1: <laughs> and then at the end, she passes off the mic she just can't handle it anymore. Watch this.
4: for the rest of my life I think that may be the most transcendently
1: spiritual shout out Diane mind. Sawyer I've ever been part of you can't
3: imagine
1: yeah that's Tyra Banks yes yes I've ever-
3: never seen The Legends I, I, I watched it I told Eric he's like I haven't
1: seen it I, I was like it. I watch it you six times a year yo you gotta like I th- there's nothing really else to say like like that she I love Patty because Patty, like as someone that while wow, goes back and forth about how religious he is. I love gospel music more than any other type of music. Mm-hmm. there's like few things yes. that make me feel like as at home like in a community of black folk than mm-hmm. listening to black gospel music mm-hmm. and the ability for Patty to just like turn it on and turn just like a real casual event into <laughs> yeah. just like a turn up revival <laughs> is just is, is, it's incredible so yeah i uh I think she still doesn't get the level of uh, respect that she should. Like, she's, like, I think people respect her as, you know, one of the great, like, singers of her era. But I put her, just in terms of just cultural significance, I put her, I put her up there with the Arethas, and I put her up there yes. with, uh, with the Tinas and the Shaka's, all of them. So, yeah, I, uh, I, I love Patty, and, Yeah. More than just
2: the pies. I was going to say more than just the pies. Got to be like more. Also,
1: just one other thing. uh, One of the great things that you should uh, look into if you have any free time is Aretha and Patty have like a 50 year beef. (laughs) (laughs) It's incredible. Um, (laughs) This got on most people's radar because uh, Aretha sang at the White House Mm -hmm. and Patty was in the crowd and went (laughs) to go like reach for Aretha and Aretha just like gave her like the. Um... And it was mad rude, but, like, I'm sure Patty said some rude shit to her earlier. So, like, like, don't think Patty's a victim. Like, no, Patty definitely did something. Um, But the funniest thing about their back-and-forth beef is that a year after Patty's pies blew up, Aretha announced that she was going to start some pies, too. No, she didn't. And claimed, like, very little knowledge that Patty even had pies. Are
4: you shitting
1: (laughs) And I'm like, that is... Like mm. I can only dream to have a fifty-year beef with a, a black person. It might be you. Maybe it's you. I don't she know. Can start but I would love. <laughs> like, like my mom has like forty-plus-year beefs with people about stuff that happened at like the <laughs> nineteen seventy-two Spelman <laughs> reunion. And like, I want, I want one of those, and I don't have one yet. Like, so, like, if you're out there, like, just
0: hi, hey.
3: Mm-hmm. Hi. I was gonna say, sup. I think Tracy wants you to meet her in Temecula. Oh. You know, I roll, I roll up. All right,
0: let's do it.
3: Nice. <laughs> so
2: Patty, let's put her in the cannon. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Oh, <laughs> that's what I'm gonna say. shoot up
1: there in a terrible like analogy. I don't know. I don't, don't want to shoot black people into the air. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
3: sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean to me I think it's like a, I think it's like A continuation of this idea Of if Haven't got a ghetto So I don't have a problem With that mm. personally You know what I'm saying it definitely does Do you know what I'm saying To bring it around
0: I'm with it Come on I'm full really circle, circle. It around You know what Come I'm on, saying Come on circle of life
3: But uh, you know We thank you Patty America's Thanks. auntie And there, I'm glad that you Actually brought up The legends ball Because Ooh. There is something That Oprah did I want to say On the day before
1: Her gospel concert Oh day four you want to talk about day four? I'm talking about
3: um, when everyone
1: went around and uh, read. You, yes. You go, you go. Okay. So, I mean, I don't mind a little help. No, no, keep going. I'll fill in any blanks, anything
3: you need. So, Oprah, as she can do, she called upon a One Pearl clique to prepare a poem to read to the women that she had invited to her home over the weekend. Her home is also called the promised land, which is how you know that Oprah is a real rich black woman. (laughs) No, the richest black woman. Like, not (laughs) a rich black woman. Correct me. I mean, seriously, drag me about that right now. The richest black woman. Um, So throughout this poem, there's this refrain. It goes, we speak your name. So, you know, we brought these amazing people to light today. Some of whom, you know, you probably knew about already. Some of whom are probably brand new. And, you know, I just want to say, you know, to Larry LeVan, mm. Brumman mm. from the fifth floor. From the fifth. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Baby Esther. Young brother Franklin. <laughs> who is all of us is all of from time to time. He for is. some of us, a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> I said, to touch and agree. Just holding on. Yes. <laughs> to the Brown brothers and... To Rochelle Zimmerman mm. To Patty I just want to say and, it, and you all can join me on a count of three. One, two, three. We, we speak, speak your, your names. names So I just want to have another round of applause yeah. For our 2017 Black History Month Pantheon Nominees Inductees yeah. Inductees yeah. Inductees And I also want to have another round of applause for our amazing guests. Yes. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Uh, So, I want you guys really quickly, tell people where they can find you and your work on the internet.
0: Um, You can find me on Twitter where I tweet about all of my bodily functions and other things at Brokey McPoverty. It's spelled exactly like it sounds. Once I have money, I'm going to change it to Richie Von Moneyheimer. So, (laughs) get in there while it's easy to spell. Also, Um, The promised land was (laughs) taken (laughs) You know I wanted it so bad Um, I also have a podcast called Another Round with Kevin and Tracy Somebody needs to hear it of that Okay Um, You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, all the things At Another Round
1: Uh, You can uh, read me from time to time At New York Magazine Uh, I'm on Twitter at at Rembert, I expelled the old Rembert out the Twitter game. He's gone, so I got, I got my first name. Uh, I'm in these LinkedIn streets. If if, if, you're, if you're trying to professionally connect, uh, uh, one very cute uh, side note is I've had like a very fake LinkedIn profile for like the past six years. Like right now, I'm uh, the CEO of a Popeyes organization. <laughs>
3: But you are, and my
1: mom, my mom called me one time and was like, and like, just panicked. She goes, I didn't know you could lie on LinkedIn. <laughs> I was like, You were the cutest, you're the cutest little thing I've ever seen in my life. So, yeah, um, but yeah, Near Mag, you can find me on Twitter and uh, just in these streets. Mm-hmm. And if you want free Popeyes,
3: you know who to holler at. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got a promo code. All right, so one more round of applause. Thank you guys so much for good. coming on the show and joining us just back in Becky months. Um, so yeah, thank you guys for coming on the show
2: Yes, and we want to say just a, a few A few thank yous A few thank yous, few thank yous. Uh, So bear with me, we want to one, thank the green space yes. For hosting us tonight okay. We want to say thank you to Ellen Rolfes Jennifer Sindra And the wonderful staff yes. For helping us cue all this stuff up Yes, Thank you Uh. I don't think we can do this enough. Let's say thank you again to Tracy Rimbert and nice. our DJ Grand Drew. Yes. That was good. You
1: know, I, I, every I practice it every morning. You're getting
2: better. We also want to say thank you to our producer Bethel Hopte. You you did not see her up here. No, you
3: didn't see her up. But
2: here. But she is here. Yes, and you felt her presence.
3: You have felt her <laughs> presence also uh, in our show coming out on time. In 2017. Hey. So there you go. Goals. Goals. Yeah, (laughs) goals. So thank you, Bethel.
2: We also want to say thank you to our friends, families, and partners for just... Hanging in there with us,
3: yeah. yes. For our, <laughs> no, for, it's not easy. Yeah, not like hating us in our absence.
2: We want to say thank you to our listeners and everyone who bought tickets to come out here tonight, mm-hmm. and everybody who's watching from home. We really appreciate. It. We could not do this literally without you. Mm-mm. So thank you, and give one more round of applause yeah. to yourself.
1: Also, congrats to y'all. This is like a thing now. This is amazing. This is incredible. This is amazing.
2: That is our show. Thank you so Yay. much again for coming out. Yay. Yeah. That's it.
1: I'm going to put it on my fingerboard. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you want a freestyle? Uh, you don't know me. Uh, nigga, nigga. Uh, uh, uh. Yo, Tracy, you don't know me. little nigga. Are these mics on? Are these mics on? <laughs>